the latest edition of the Redbird Report. I am your co-host and one of two sports editors here at the Vidette, Jake Fogel. And with me I have the second half and a good friend of mine, slash co-host, slash great writer, slash heck of a guy, Jake Sermersheim. Uh, today on the Redbird Report we're going to touch on men's basketball loss, men's basketball's loss to Northern Iowa last night, women's basketball's latest struggles, as well as touching on baseball and softball a bit. Sermer, how's it going? Um, well, there's snow on the ground, and it keeps snowing, so pretty upset with that, but I can't be mad at that fantastic introduction you just gave me. Like, Hey, first ne- time's never a heard charm. Of, yeah, never. First time? First time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, we're here. It's, it's February 13th. Snow's fallen. Cars are... Driving, yeah, cars are losing traction, Uh, but it's an okay day, but uh, let's start out with men's basketball. Last night, men's basketball lost to the number one team in the Missouri Valley Conference in Northern Iowa, 71-63. to We saw some spurts that looked like the Redbirds might knock off the Panthers for the second time this season, but uh, everything came to a screeching halt. You want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, ISU got off to a really good start. Um, uh, Dedrick Boyd was really hot to start. Or excuse me, not Dedrick Boyd. DJ Horn was really yeah. hot to start out. Uh, him, Keith Fisher, and J.C. Hillsman started off six for eight. Gave the Redbirds a quick fifteen to eight lead, and that was realistically probably one of their best starts of the year. They've had problems at times this year getting off to a quick start, but. It was really key for DJ Horn to start early. He had 11 of the first 22 points. But then they kind of hit a wall. Um, An 11-0 run at the end of the first half really, really kind of deflated them a little bit. Um, You and I went into the half leading 40 to 33. And it really, ISU never really got that close, or never really had a chance to take the lead again. They got within two at one point. But once again, you and I went on a double-digit run to to finish off the Redbirds, and it was a close game. I thought they were going to win at one point to start out. They were looking really good. They were playing some of their best. They were probably playing their best basketball at the beginning of the game since the first time they played you and I. I I I had mixed feelings on this game. That start, I I undoubtedly think that it was their best start this year. Uh, to a game, they've definitely come out with struggles in majority, if not all, of their games this year. But uh, DJ Horn's quick eleven point start, uh, and what I really liked watching the beginning of that game is they just forced their way inside. Keith Fisher and J.C. Hillsman both grabbing, I think, eight points right off the bat. But I think what changed the whole pace of the game and momentum for the Redbirds is it just started taking stupid shots outside. Like, Northern Iowa could not stop them inside for quite some time. And even if they did at times, that's, in my opinion, with Hillsman and uh, Fisher, that's just a more high-percentage shot. And Fisher stepping out to take 20-footers and three-point shots, that's not him. That I was disgusted watching the end of that first half, the turnovers. Um the poor coaching, the poor rotations. Um, I think – I can't remember the exact quote, but just to kind of summarize it, 
after the game, Dan Muller said that Dedrick Boyd is getting more playing time because he's gaining more trust. But on another circumstance, I've heard Dan Muller say he trusts all his guys. Like, I like to see the lineup getting his all these guys in. I love seeing it because I feel like our team's played better since everybody's been getting more playing time. But I, I just I don't know what Dan's throwing out here on some of these lineups, and I was really it was just confusing at times. Taylor uh, Brunica came out; he was the first guy off the bench. I didn't understand that. Uh, the guy has some talent, but he's averaging one point two points per game this year, and that's mainly tested to injuries. But I don't see that guy firing up this team. I, I don't either, personally. I, I didn't see why Dan did it, but I would still almost every single game have Antonio Reeves as your first guy off the bench. And he played more minutes than Brunica. Yeah. I mean, I the Redbirds fell apart at about the 11-minute mark in the first half. That's when yeah. uh, D, DJ Horn, I don't think, scored a point after going for 11 in the first 10 minutes until just under 10 minutes in the second half. He finished with 16 points on the game. He had a good game. Especially for a freshman. He had a really great game. He was extremely hot in that first half. But, I mean. He had 11 points in the first 10 minutes and then only finished with five the last uh, 30s. Kind of just fell off a little bit. And it's not because he didn't play enough. He played 34 minutes. Yeah. Copeland uh, led the game in minutes, 36 minutes. He only had nine points. He had a bad He went game. three for 14. And they at had... times, I... I don't know if this is exactly true, but I've noticed more with the expansion of the offense, Hillsman and Fisher are getting more shots. And they're getting, because Dan has confessed, like he wants to see Hillsman shooting more. And he he's even said Hillsman's changing gears since Christmas break or whatever. But I feel like that's not Zach out of his like groove that he was once in scoring at least yeah. like 20 points a game. But three for 14, I, I thought he was getting more a lack of shots up, but I mean, I was proven clearly wrong last night because he didn't shoot a shot for about the first eight minutes of that game. No, they also had very good defense on him yeah. to start out. Um, got a little lighter. He still didn't have a great game. His only three shots were three pointers. That's why he didn't finish with nine, mm-hmm. but he didn't look great. I, that's kind of an interesting point that I hadn't really thought about. That maybe with Hillsman and Fisher getting more, sharp. Zach wants to be that primary yeah. guy, and at times this season he's proved he can be with the scoring. But with him doing that, I think you see a lesser extent of Fisher and Hillsman, who shine in their own uh, ways. Fisher definitely down in the post, and Hillsman can play all over the floor on the offensive end. But aside from the Redbirds, um, I am just truly. Uh, mind blown by uh, the talent of AJ Green for Northern Iowa. He is so good. He, he is. I don't understand how this guy's in the valley. Like this guy, did, he doesn't miss shots. Like no matter how hard you guard this guy, he he doesn't miss. He went ten for eighteen. So yeah, he missed eight shots. But I remember that game against when they came here to Normal and we got to watch him in person. That that dude was hitting every fadeaway shot he took. Like Dirk Nowitzki at ask man I can't even talk, but uh, no I I wanted to point him out because he he also broke a thousand point scoring last night for his career. He's a sophomore. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. And if he, I mean I assume he's gonna stay all four years, um since he's in the valley. But 
he's going to cause havoc for the rest of this uh, league for the next two years, no doubt. And I, I'm honestly not seeing any doubt that they're going to take this tournament come Arch Madness. I know some things can happen, but, I mean, this team's only lost three games, and one of them was a fluke against us, which, sorry, Redbird fans, but... It was a fluke. It was a fluke. It was a fluke. But, uh, yeah, I, I was just really impressed by him last night. Yeah, he had a five for nine from beyond the arc, um, five assists, two, Best only one foul, three turnovers, He a steal. He had a solid game. He had a very great game. He's a fantastic player. I think Dan commented best player yeah. since Doug McDermott last night. Yeah, Dan. Which that is a Dan highly some touted high praise, yes. comment. But we see what McDermott did in the NBA. I think he's on the Pacers now, but I could be completely wrong. That stint with the Bulls wasn't any fun. But uh, hopefully we get – I'm a fan of Green even though he's a Panther, but he's just – he's so good. He's Yeah, he is very good. What what do you think of Fisher's night last night? 32 minutes, 5 for 11 shooting, 10 points, 3 rebounds. I mean, I go back to it. I like to see the expansion of the offense, but if that's going to screw up Copeland, who is your leading scorer – whatever you try to make of this offense, um, I see him as a premium scorer on the team. And if he's just going to – a lot of his shots were just heaves yeah, from three-point range trying to get over the defender because that offense couldn't get anything going, especially through the late stages of the first half. And as usual, trying to play uh, comeback uh, in the second half, which you did say they brought that deficit to two, but instead of – I mean, right – Right after that possession, I think... Uh, right after Boyd's three, they went on a run. I think run. Trey Burhow hit a three right after that yeah. three, and it knocked them back up to five, Northern Iowa's lead. And, I mean, I had I actually thought we might actually make the comeback, and then I Northern Iowa just finished. And yeah, that's they something we are not able strong, to do. Dude. I think that's probably a sign of a young... T- <laughs> See, a I kind of. I, I I also hate calling this a young team at times, but I guess it is still a young team. But yeah, this is a team that doesn't finish, and that's really the biggest problem. I mean, Abdu only got nine minutes. I'm kind of yeah. I was just looking at that. I think he. I think he should be getting more than these ten, eleven minutes that he's been getting. I think they should well, last put him for game, last, last game. Last game he had foul trouble. Indiana problems. State. He was but fouled out with twelve minutes of play. He only had two fouls last night. I think they should have kept him in longer. I think he should have got him. That's just Dan's play style. Somebody's gonna get in. Somebody's gonna perform well. But the worst player that's performing is gonna get taken out for the game. That's happened to Dedrick before. Yeah, it and really it has cost, a lot you trust with your coach which i cannot stand it when he says that like you are on this team you brought this player to your team and you're saying you've lost trust for him for one bad night's play i mean if you're bringing him off of uh, a 12 minute game against indiana state where he i think he had three blocks maybe two blocks but he, he had two block two blocks like right away he doesn't produce but, much on the offensive end but he's a defensive he, presence he doesn't show up like really on the stat line but i thought he had a good game defensively yesterday he Dan, looked like he was Dan all thought he over played him. well on saturday too yeah. so i don't understand i don't know why he only got nine minutes i, I mean, thought he played very well last night dan truly just he trusts the practice like how, how you play in practice is how you, many minutes you're going to play in the game which it's his team. I, I've liked the the starting lineup that we've had over these last five games, like how it's yes. been consistent. Yes. I feel like it's bringing the team together stronger. Players are starting to know the roles. Um, 
But a question that I kind of I've been thinking about is if he does come back, how does Matt Chastain fit into this? I mean, Elijah Donnelly's been getting seven minutes. Adoe's getting five minutes. I mean, I don't I th- know if Dan's even going to put him back in. I, I could see Dan not putting him back in. I think he's a favorite here. He is Norman. a favorite here. Plus, he still People has one more really year. Like yeah, he does still have one more year, so I could just – I don't – I doubt he's back in time anyway. It said three weeks like a week ago, so in two weeks, Arch Madness hits and – they're not. I don't think they're going to have him playing Arch Madness right away, coming off an injury. So I doubt we see Chastain for the rest of the year. That guy likes to tough, like go through it. So I mean, I'm whatever his injury is, he plays through it, or he at least tries to get back on the court as soon as possible. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure if we've seen the last of Chastain. No, definitely not. He's got one. I, I mean, year. this year. Oh yeah, this I'm year. I'm talking about this year, but I don't know who's going to if somebody's going to have to get benched for it. Um, I think if anything, Bruniga would probably lose minutes because he's still not on the court the guy every game. I don't understand. Like this guy, you step uh, injuries if they affect you, they it affects people differently. But he got his foot stepped on. I think against Indiana State, he's out for the rest of the game. He played eleven minutes in this one. I don't understand how he's the first guy off the bench. It has to be something in practice. But um, if I don't, if I, we're not seeing an increase in minutes for Boyd. Which I think that guy's just underrated on this team, because um, I I even kind of compare him to Copeland. Whoa, really? Like, in a sense, for shooting, his defense is a little more poor than uh, I'm talking about how he shoots shots, because he shoots shots like Copeland. And last night he yeah. had a good game. He was four for six, three for five from three. While Copeland struggled, and you need that shooter if Copeland's going to struggle. But either even if Copeland's having a decent game. I hope to see Boyd in there because, I don't know. I think maybe... I'm comparing play styles, comparing yeah, yeah. stats. I, no, I definitely see it now Now that you bring it up. I think maybe Boyd should be getting more of Antonio Reeves' minutes because while he he's ways. played okay, I think Boyd, Boyd has looked better than Reeves lately, which Reeves has played well. He just put up 17 last Wednesday against... Um, Missouri State. Yeah, Missouri State. Very Which good game against them. He's only had two like really good games, and they were both against Missouri State. Yeah, so, so I don't know. I'd like to see Boyd get. Those I think minutes. that guy has a good future, though. Yeah, I do. I, oh, I, Antonio Reeves, I think is going to be a stud. He he will be I, very I good. I see more potential in Boyd at the moment for this season, and for this season, I would agree with March Mad March Madness. I am excited for March Madness, <laughs> but Arch Madness with that coming up in about three three weeks or so, just under a month. I'm curious to like. Are you just going to keep switching this lineup around and kind of leave uncertainty? Because it worked against Indiana State. Like, Indiana State was not ready for the amount of guys that got in, which it was a shocker to the majority of us because to see uh, Donnelly and Adowu uh, and Brunica and Boyd all come out and play uh, legitimate minutes against Indiana State, I think their coach even commented, like, we we read the scouting report completely wrong, and I mean if it's they played great in the first ten minutes last night, and that I think you can use that as a momentum builder. I mean, look at how well we can do against the best team in the valley for ten minutes. Why can't we do this against teams who are right in the middle? Because I think they're only three or four games back, uh, not playing on Thursday. Oh yeah, they're still a very realistic. 
chance the Redbirds can put yeah they can Friday. if if they if a couple things go right for them they get in the groove a little bit they could easily miss a Thursday play in day which would be great for ISU yeah so we should probably move on to women's basketball now women's basketball has kind of been struggling a little bit lately lost um, this weekend to Bradley at home. 66-62. You were there, Fogel. How was it? Um, I will say this. Bradley's women's team has some of the weirdest free throw routines I've ever seen. <laughs> I This one chick uh, throws the ball around her uh, hip. like She just goes behind the back with it. Uh, another girl doesn't dribble and shoots it one-handed. Um, but the thing is, it went in. I, I don't know the exact total that they made it, but Bradley's shooting against us was lights out. And the, even it, like the Redbirds fell, I think midway through the second half, I'm trying to remember the game completely because it was a very busy weekend. Uh, but I just, to come on our home court and play us like they did, I think Bradley might have a, like, it's just, it's unknown how this season's going to finish for women's basketball in the Missouri Valley Conference. I'm trying to pull it up here, but uh, Petrie for Bradley had 22 points on 8 for 17 shooting. Not a great clip, but uh, White went 8 for 13 for 17 points. They had four people in double digits for points. And it was on 25 of 58 shooting, so it's just under 50%. But for the Redbirds, I mean, Ju- Juju Redman once again, uh, third consecutive week winning newcom- MVC Newcomer of the Week. Um, she's playing phenomenal right now. And she came off the bench in that game. I, I think she can be that leader for the second team to come in. But the tr- the player that really surprised me against Bradley was Paige Saylor. She played 39 minutes in that game and actually started the run to come back um, in the second half. I think they were down 11 at one point with about uh, 13 minutes to go. Like I said, I'm trying to remember, but um, Paige was the life of that team and a player that I saw a huge regress from was Mary Crompton. Um, Yeah. And I see a ton of potential in her, too, but she went one for eight, one for five from three, and she is undoubtedly, in my opinion, the best three-point shooter on that team. And if she's not able to hit the shots, and TT struggled as as well. She went four for 14, 0 for eight from three. Like, it was a weekend of struggling from beyond the arc for the Redbirds against Indiana State, too. We didn't really talk about that, but I don't know, man. I... I said last week I, I think this women's team is going to turn it around, but if they're not able to win at home. I'm just looking at the stat sheet right now. and TT, yeah, You're making faces over TT there. TT Magic only had 17 minutes. What's up with that? Uh, she had four fouls. Oh, okay, now I do she see that. Lexi played 35 okay. minutes and picked up a foul late. But uh, I also for, think it's interesting that Mary played so much, even though she was struggling. But that probably did the, have to do with TT's The thing fouls. is – um, even though it doesn't look like it, uh, the 
Redbirds played like five players through the last 20 minutes, this not, whole second be half. Cause it was Wallen, Magic, even though she had 17 minutes, she had to have gotten a slight break in there. But Sailor had 39 minutes, Crompton, and then Redmond. And we put Talbot in right at the end when we needed size. We, When we started fouling, we had no size in there to grab some boards. And I, I know Juju Redmond, she missed two open layups. And that's four points, tie the game. Like, mistakes were made. It was obvious in the post-game press conference, Gillespie was not happy. Because I think she said the, I, she said something like they've lost by a combined 19 points to Bradley over their last three games against them. And they lost each of those games. Like, this is your I-74 rival. And if you can't win on your home court, I mean, it's got to give fans kind of like, it's not a good look. Basically. It's uncertainty. Yeah, which I I was just shocked to shocked to see they bounce. They should bounce back. I think they got Valpo on Friday. They have Loyola on Friday and then Valpo Sunday. <sighs> Loyola is a good team too. Valpo, yeah. I I don't know as much about, but I don't this, know, man. Two this team started the season I think eight zero at home. They looked rough. Lately. Just, I you got to win these games, especially against your rival, and it. What do you they, think has been their problem during conference? Because TT has not played well. Yeah. I, she's also been injured. Coach pointed that out. She's been in a shooting struggle, and I mean she's still getting minutes, which I I think she should. She is one of the best players in the valley, and she's just in a cold stretch. Lexi Wallen's picking up for that a little bit. Yeah, double double notice, last week. You're you're noticing that the team is at its best when they have that one two punch. And Juju Redmond adding in, she had 18. She led the game in scoring, and she, like I said, three-time now, NBC Newcomer of the Week, she's adding that third punch. If TT can get back on track, finish strong in the Valley, I mean, I think the Redbirds are only three games back being in third or second in the conference. Like, it's not out of reach at all. That They're 5-5 five and five on in conference now, 13-8 and eight overall. This season's definitely not over. It's not over for the women's basketball team, but I mean, it just stings losing a game at home against your rival. Eight games remaining in the Missouri Valley Conference. I I could easily see um, the Redbirds going. I don't know, five and three. You know, it's getting man. getting it is uncertain because I could also see them. You know, sputtering out to about 500 like they have been playing lately. But I think you gotta, you maybe not bank on it, but kind of assume that TT Madge is gonna get right. Hope that Mary Crompton gets right and stays consistent because that has been somewhat of a problem for her this year. Um, hope Juju stays hot. Um, really, the player on that team I'm most confident in is Lexi Wallen. She, great year. She She's done. Above and beyond. Last year, she had a good year, which out of the blue, because of course you know the story. Volleyball player turned basketball player had a decent year as a basketball player. Not great, but now that she's had this time under her belt to get reacquainted to basketball, she's played fantastically. Yeah. A double double, a seventeen point ten rebound double double against Bradley. She had a good game. I think she's going to keep continuing it. I would like to see more from Lexi Kadelka because I kind of had big expectations for her she to step in. She didn't get as much playing yeah. time. but She really hasn't. She, I expected her to be 
to step into Simone Good's shoes, but she really hasn't, and she's kind of disappointed. A lot of uncertainty for both teams, but uh, yeah. let's get in a quick preview for Redbird Baseball. They're taking on Little Rock, Arkansas. Jake, I see you smiling over there. Jake's been waiting for uh, this baseball season for a while now, ever since the semester started, so I'll just swing it over to you. What are you, what are you expecting? First of all, thank you very much for that. You know how excited I am for baseball. I am expecting a lot out of Redbirds baseball this year. Um, they start the season today against Little Rock, like Fogel mentioned. First time in history they've ever played them. Uh, but more than that, they bring back a good a good set of players. Um, Jack and Joe Butler are coming back. Jordan Libman's coming back. Um, they they gained a fantastic player that I got to watch this summer in the prospect league a lot. Braden Blackford as a as a transfer from Carl Sandberg. Um, he can play all over the infield. He can hit anywhere, according to a source that chose to remain anonymous. It looks like he's going to line up at first base this year. Um, a lot of good players coming back. Tyson Hayes, catcher, coming back. Um, Brett Wickland coming back. I expect a lot out of this team. I think. All around the infield, they'll be solid with Blackford at first. Um, I hear Severino's probably going to be the opening day starting uh, second baseman. Jack Butler, of course, moving back to shortstop from third base, which is his position in high school. Um, Holman and Butler are both very confident in that move. After having Aiden Huggins in a year last year, he had a solid year, but looking to move something else. Um, I picked, picked third in the Missouri Valley Conference. I think they could really – I think that's a, a good spot for them. I think they could be anywhere from first to third, realistically. They could fall lower than that if some things don't go their way. But I I think they have a solid chance to, to you know, make a run at the Missouri Valley Conference, make a run for another NCAA tournament. <clears throat> um but, of course, I think Steve Holm is a fantastic coach. I think last year he really found a couple players in Joel Isles and um, Brett Heydrich. Both yeah. really kind of had not great, not great, not bad, but kind of just middle ground seasons the year before, and he really got the potential out of them. And I want to see what player this year he can do that with. I think – Maybe you can get it out of – make Brett Wickland go to that next level or possibly, I don't know, maybe even Blackford or someone like Jordan Libman who's about to be a senior. But, yeah, I think I think they'll have a solid season. They'll compete well in the Missouri Valley Conference. I'm confident. I'm confident in Steve Holm. He showed he's a good coach. He has gone to Purdue and – helped change their program and he came here and helped turn us around so yeah. I think he'll he'll do well anything to add Fogel no I think you hit it on the head you're you're the primary baseball guy around here but uh, uh I'm just gonna finish this out a little bit here with some quick hits uh, I think on Monday and Tuesday uh David Perkins on the men's uh men's golf team he got NBC Player of the Week or Golfer of the Week, however you want to say it. I mean, I'd call him Golfer of the Week, but that's just me because I'm a golfer, so so is Sermer over there. But uh, he scored a five under and tied for 15th out of 79 individual golfers, uh, and the Redbirds tied for ninth with a score of one over after competing against three of the top 50 ranked teams in the nation. 
So congrats to David. Uh, it'll move over. I'm getting a little bit of lag here on the computer. I think Eddie Winter is my next guy that's going to talk about. He got NBC Field Athlete of the Week, and I think that's three consecutive weeks we've had somebody take home that award here at Illinois State. But uh, he got honored for his performance in the pole vault at the Mayo Invite over the weekend, becoming the fifth Redbird student athlete in the last four weeks during the NBC Weekly Award. So I about got that right. Said three, so it's a little bit off. But And then in women's tennis, uh, Bravo and Dan. Damjanovic, pull this up, still lagging a little bit, sorry about that, but uh, they put in a lot of good work this weekend, they got honored with the uh, Missouri Valley Conference Doubles Team of the Week, and lastly, softball had a tough outing over the weekend after picking up their first victory against, uh, who was that, do you remember? Um, they beat um, the University of Southern Florida and then lost the rest of the weekend. To, to teams like Michigan, Michigan Florida, um, yeah, Florida. They also Georgia lost to State, Fresno, Fresno State, State. And, and yeah, and Georgia so, State. Good start. Yeah, bad finish. They're right yeah. back in action this weekend. Last year they finished the tournament zero and five. They finished one and four this year. So improvements, I guess. <laughs> if you call that improvements, but uh, that's some tough competition for sure. Yeah, though. it is. It so is. I think they'll get back on track pretty soon. But they are back in action. As they go to the Littlewood Classic out in Arizona. Man, do I wish I was out in Arizona. But they're taking on Boise State twice this weekend. They'll be taking on number 23, Arizona State. Number 10 on Saturday, Kentucky. And then they finish off the weekend against Detroit Mercy, who I have never heard of. So hopefully hopefully that's a win for them. But uh, that is about going to wrap us up here for the Redbird Report. Jake, you got anything to add real quick? Um, no. We do have a men's ba- – I we did not mention the fact that there is a men's basketball game against Valpo on Saturday at 6 p.m. So, any Illinois State students, love to see you in the student section. It's been a little bare this season. Come support. That's all I have to say. Well, I hope they take those words wisely. But uh, that's all we have for you on this edition of the Redbird Report. Keep up with all things ISU Athletics at thevedetteonline.com and keep up with our latest updates at vedette underscore sports on Twitter. Uh, Keep it poppin'.